With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Uh, hopefully you can hear me. I'm outside, so if it's bad, bad, I can switch and go back inside. But, I mean, it's nice out, so why would I be outside? Three drink minimum podcast. It is episode whatever, seven, who cares? But fresh off the wind, man. I know two and a half minutes. Well, you know how it goes. It's never really like that. But who cares, man? Let's talk about this game. Let's get into some of the things that just we saw, man, the roller coaster ride. We last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Oh, these games have been boring. These games have, you know, because it's a blowout. So we've been complaining or whatever. But this type of game, this is what the Chargers are, man. This is what they do. Um, they make games interesting that really have no no reason to be interesting. Um, I don't know. There was just – there was <laughs> – yeah, you um, – there was a lot to take away from this, but I don't think there was a lot of good on the Chargers end. But with that said, good teams win when they don't play their best, and that's what they did. So let's start off with some questions here. It's RK here asks, what's wrong with Casey? Yeah, something something's up with Casey Hayward, man. It's uh, I don't know what's going on, honestly, because if you watch him, it's not like guys are just running by him. Teams are throwing his way, and he's just not making plays, man. That's really all it comes down to. Um, a couple weeks ago, over the last couple weeks, it's really been Trevor Williams getting getting uh, picked on. But this week, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how many catches he gave up, but it seems it just seems like he's playing at an average level when for the last two, three years, he's been here. Like, he's been elite, elite top three at worst. So um, it's tough to, it's tough to keep up that kind of play consistently for that, for that long. So it's not too much of a surprise to see him kind of come back down to earth, but it couldn't have happened at a worse time for the Chargers. but that's just where they are right now. They're a defense that isn't very good. Um, and they will, they're going to have to basically stop teams or hold teams to field goals uh, I just want to check in real quick. How can you guys hear me? How's the sound? Is it a bad echo or are we good to go here? All right, I'll take that as good to go. All right, good, good, good. Okay, so Case uh, Eckler came back down to earth. So I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, but it felt like to me the usage wasn't the same. So they didn't really use – Eckler like they would have used Gordon. I felt like they used Eckler like they would have used Eckler normally, which I didn't really like that because normally, so they, they still use them on a couple of these, you know, fakes. Yeah. They, the, 
that's the best way to put it. They didn't they didn't game plan for Eckler. They didn't act like Eckler was going to be the lead back. And he so he ended up having 12 carries for 42 yards. He also had five catches for 26 yards, but it didn't seem like they were basically ready for him to be the lead back. And I I don't want to say this, but it seems like they didn't know what to do without Melvin Gordon. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. And obviously Gordon's been really good this year, but there wasn't any real adjustments for Eckler. So it's, it's hard for me to say Eckler came back down to earth when I thought it was just more of uh, the team just didn't adjust. But it was kind of last minute, so I guess that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, Justin Harris asked, anything on Kaiser White? He came in and took a manual spot, a manual on the field less. I think Kaiser is out for two more weeks. I think the plan is for him to try to give it a go when he comes back. Uh, when, the, when they play the Seahawks and they come back. So we'll see how that goes. Let me see some of the things that I wrote down. So I actually thought the Titans had a really good game plan coming into this. It was pretty clear that they wanted to do whatever they could to keep the Chargers offense off the field. And, of course, the Chargers score in one play. So that looks good. But here are some of the Titans' um, just possessions, how they how they were in the game. So first drive, 13 plays. They had a nine-play drive after that. Chargers go three and out. Then they have a seven-play drive for a touchdown, 16-play drive, eight-play drive. And then the final um, – or they had they also had an 11-play drive. So there are just so many plays – or so many drives where they just – they did a really good job of executing their game plan. And obviously the Chargers did everything they could to assist them by – missing every possible tackle. I don't think I've seen – and we all know that the Chargers are not a very good tackling team, but, man, today was something else. They they took uh, – I feel like Denzel Perriman missed six or seven tackles. And it, at the same time, it felt like Perriman was in the – like he was at the point of attack, ready to make a play nonstop, but – He's a leader, man. Like he's the leader of the defense in, in that term of just making plays against the run. And he just did not do a good job. And that kind of trickled down on everybody else. Some of the runs by Deion Lewis were like highlight Madden runs. It was all bad. So yeah, all kind of missed tackles. I would love to see the number of how many tackles the Chargers missed, but I would guess it was over 15. Um they I think they were pretty lucky to uh, to hold hold the Titans out of the end zone at the end of the first half, really good stuff by Melvin Ingram to get his hand up and tip that pass. So that really, uh, that really basically kept the charge in the game. Well, didn't let the Titans get the lead. So 10 to six at halftime, uh, Titans, Titans score to open up and then they score that last touchdown. So points before the half would have been good. So that was a big stop by them. I thought Rivers played another good game, man. I know there was a couple, a couple of times where he didn't convert, but it was another time where Rivers just cooking in the pocket. He's he's like money in the pocket. He's doing a really good job avoiding sacks. I know he got sacked a couple of times there in the second half, but he also avoided some sacks in the first half and just really kept the offense going. I, I've been really impressed by him. And speaking of avoiding sacks, I thought Mariota did a really good job today, man. And that just goes back to talking about the defense missing tackles. I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it, it almost seems like they never practice tackling because Jatavis got stiff-armed by Mariota, man. You, like, when do you see that? And it, this Mariota's bouncing off tackles, spinning off tackles, spinning out of tackles, just doing whatever, man. And whoo-wee, the, the defense should just take this whole bye week and do nothing else but tackling drills. Today's drink of choice is Dos Equis, Amber. Um, it is a little bit early, but got to do what you got to do, man. This is why they win. So I just, I'm a team player. I do it for you guys. Somebody asked me during the game, and it's crazy. I guess it's crazy how fast things can turn because three weeks into the season, we we're all so hyped for, you know, Mike Williams' breakout game and or just how he's going to take the next step in his development. And, wow, Tyrell's not very good. What's going on with Tyrell? And now we are like, wow, Tyrell is really good. And what happened to Mike Williams? It's almost like they can't have both be good at the same time. Obviously, Mike Williams had that long touchdown where the Titans just botched the coverage, but Tyrod, another game, man, caught all his targets, 118 yards, won that long 75-yarder, obviously, a touchdown. So who do you guys think is better? Is it Mike Williams or is it Tyrell Williams? I guess maybe the better question would be, who is more important to the Chargers offense? Is it Tyrell or is it Mike? I actually think that – so Tyrell gives him more just because he can stretch the field without – like, on Mike Williams' touchdown, he needed – it was schemed open is what you would say. So, Tyrell has the difference. Tyrell can make the difference where he can he can just run by you. He can win with actual speed where Mike's going to have to – he's probably going to have to do some sort of, you know, body or out-physical you. Just make, make some sort of contested catch where I don't think that's the same with Tyrell. And I know everybody hates him, and I'm not his biggest fan either, but – just seeing, like, Travis Benjamin catch a comeback today, and I think that might have been his only catch, but, yeah, it was his only catch. But those are the things that, you know, Mike Williams should be doing where they trust Travis to do that. So I think that kind of tells you what they think about him. But I do like the idea of going to um, going to Mike Williams in the, in the red zone there. That drop I, – I, I'll call it a drop, but, I mean – it, it's a tough play to make. At the same time, you want your seventh overall pick to, to come down with that. All right, what do we got here? Let's, uh, let's check out some of these questions. Uh, Melvin Gordon is going to get paid. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see just because, I mean, the injuries are holding him back. They really are. Um, so if this hamstring stretches out, we'll see if he – We'll see if he does, man, because if they are able to have success without him, and I know Eckler didn't have a good game today, like didn't have a great game that obviously we hoped for, but um, if, if they struggle without him, then, yeah, he'll get paid. But if they're able to basically score over – so 20 points is not going to be enough, but maybe 28, 24, that'll, uh, that'll look really well for the Chargers not to pay him. Thoughts on Bagley or whatever, Bradley, the kicker. We'll call him the kicker. He – so he hasn't missed a kick. That's good. That's all we want. Um, 
his kickoffs, man, he he must like really have a noodle leg because none of his kicks, unless they're doing this by design, which is tough because they are losing a lot of field position by doing so. But I don't know, man. I I, I feel like it's tough to trust the kicker because he hasn't really been put in a a pressure situation. And when I say pressure, I mean like was asked to kick over 45 yards or whatever. Um, also, what I'm eating, apple fritter, got some omelets brewing. That's uh, that's what I got going on today. We'll, we'll top golf action later on after, after this first game. Go Bears. Okay, back to uh, back to this. Yeah, I did say uh, Schefter. Schefter said something about Bosa coming back. So he said Bosa has been working the past couple weeks, and he's been regaining his form, getting back in shape, and he's scheduled to play against Seattle, which is pretty big time. Just as you saw today, um, Bosa is going to finish those sacks. And he's going to just take away – he's going to take pressure off Melvin Ingram, man. And uh, I thought Ingram's doing really well this first half or whatever you want to call it without without Bosa playing. So they're going to be so much better with Bosa. He's just such a good player, getting after the passer, stopping the run, basically making everybody better. So maybe Phylon will be able to make plays, Legion will be able to make plays, and so on and so forth. So that will be big. Um. Five and two, that's all that matters. Yeah, so I was seeing, like, after the game, like, Phil Sims and CBS, they were they were talking about, like, Vrabel should have done this or gone with the flow of the game. And they had all these soft factors where the Titans were dominating the game. What the hell are you talking about? So they had some momentum, yes, but I wouldn't say that they were dominating the game by any means. And I felt like if the, if the game was going to go to overtime – I was actually pretty confident that the Chargers would have got the ball and marched down the field. And I know that the Titans had just marched 89 yards, but I'm taking my chances with Mariota still all the day. I, I feel like they would have won if it wasn't in overtime. I actually like the call, like the aggressive mentality. You're on the two-yard line. You you just march 89 yards. Let um, Just give your offense a chance. That's as close you're going to get. It was a bad play call, but – wasn't a bad idea to go for, but five and two, that's really what, what matters. Yeah, that that uh that Deion Lewis one, I can only imagine that that is that's like some high school highlights runs that get you a D1 scholarship. You rarely, rarely see that in the NFL. You rarely see that in college. So the fact that the Chargers, of course, were the team to do that makes perfect sense. I just uh it is really tough to be that bad at tackling, but leave it up to the Chargers to find a way. What I think the the important part is, though, as as bad as they played, like as as bad as, as much as they bend, they they actually didn't break. Like they, I think they did a good job in the in the red zone. So the Titans were in the red zone five times. Which, come on, the Titans before today. The Titans were so bad on offense. Like they had never scored like 20 or they scored 20 points once they needed. Um, they needed, what was it? Oh, they need overtime to get it. They had, they had not scored a touchdown in the last eight quarters. There was just so many offensive stats. 
that made perfect sense that they were going to have some success today. So, oh man, 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 I uh, I'm, I wasn't too surprised that they had that that type of success just because they're they're a heavy run team, man, and they uh, the Chargers like to play light in the box. There was one play where Derrick Henry ran for seven yards, and the Chargers went like their dime defense, but Adrian Phillips was in the middle at linebacker, and Denzel Perryman was on the field, but he was out wide. Like that's the stuff that this team does. So it's it's not surprising to see the, the type of mistakes they had. But they in the red zone, they did what they were supposed to. They held the Titans to only two scores in five attempts. That is really, really good. 40% in the red zone. That's good. But on the contrary, it didn't feel like the Chargers offense was very good um, in the red zone. And they were 0 for 2. It seems like the play calling was just crazy. And we all remember uh, Keenan throwing that big fit. That was that was good. I I saw Ruben say something about this. Ruben Gonzalez from uh, BFTB, and I agree with it. Um, so Keenan, he's just like throwing this big fit and acting like a diva, but that's kind of what you want, man. You want him to know that, hey, I'm the man. Throw me the ball. I'm your guy. Like Mike Williams isn't your guy. Gates isn't your guy. Whoever else isn't your guy. It was, if you remember the play, so what had happened was the Titans had two guys over Keenan and Phillip Rivers just went right away from that. Right, um, He saw that there was two guys on him and he just went the other direction. When in reality, the Titans, like they had him bracketed, but Keenan was still open, which is pretty impressive in itself. But I don't, I don't necessarily knock Rivers for looking the other way just because the read tells you to not throw it into double coverage. But I really do like the fact that, you know, Keenan just he's a, he wants the ball. You should want as the best player in those situations, you should want the ball, man. Uh Tyrell's a free agent at the end of the season. Sure is. Yeah. Uh I, I do wonder how they're going to handle that. Like if they're gonna let him walk or they're gonna they're gonna sign him on maybe like a prove it deal. I guess it'll all depend on how Tyrell finishes up this season. But I mean shit, if he uh if he keeps up how he's going right now, it'll be Pretty tough to let him walk. Uh, yeah, Bagley, the kicker. Lynn said in the post-conference, they're not by design. <laughs> so so he just has a noodle leg, and he can't make it into the end zone. Got it. Great. Great to hear. Surely that will not come back to haunt them in a, in a big game. Anybody got any hot takes, man? What's up, some hot takes that we saw today? Um, a really good hot take would have been – if Eckler, if Eckler would have had a good game, to not let Gordon back on the field. But that's tough after that. Any other hot takes? Uh, Kaiser White should start over Denzel Perriman. How about that? Oh, uh, What else do we have? Oh, so I, I was kind of interesting to see. So Joe Barstow was active, but I don't think he played today. I Tevi was in there, and I think I remember Tevi got beat for one sack. But but I thought uh, I thought we might see Barstow in there, but did not at all. So I wonder how that's going to work itself out after the bye week. Just because you know they got to if they have their best five and Tevi is their best five, that will be interesting. Um, I don't know. I feel like Barstow just brings them so much in the past game and. He's not a great run blocker. He doesn't really try, but 
I don't know yet. Everyone on BFTB really hates Gordon. Um, so he, what I would say on Gordon is, so through the first half, I I wrote this I think a couple weeks ago where I thought he was the MVP of the offense as wise well Rivers has been playing just because he uh, he really does mean that much to the offense and he just gives them a different gear and he uh, he runs really hard so it's like a perfect complement where Eckler can come in and just gives you that like that extra burst on the to feed off of Gordner basically Gordon does okay. I think Richard might have said this really well. So Gordon is very, very good at what he is good at. He's also very bad at what he is not good at. So um, we're very bad at what he is bad at. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. I guess the the biggest gripe with Gordon is that Man, he uh, he just is not very good in the open field. He will not make you miss. Like there, are, there are times where he he will like just jump, like try to jump over you or whatever. And that might seem nitpicky, but it seems like he leaves a lot on the bone in that regard. But I mean, come on, like this dude, the last few weeks he's been balling out. And you know, I think we saw today that they just they need him. Like he's going to be like a big part of a big part of the offense moving forward. Uh, Jatavis needs to sit in the back seat. Man, I cannot believe that he got stiff on to hell by a quarterback. I do think that he's not he he does bring some um he does bring some good things to the field. I'm not sure. I do want to see him and Kaiser play like on the field at the same time against like some of these teams that aren't gonna be like the Titans and just try to run it down your throat. So that'll be interesting. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, Forrest Lamp, man, I don't know what's going on there. Damn, what is up with Forrest Lamp? He that dude must not be able to run at all. He must not be able to move because in college he was just he was so good. He was he was so boring, and that's when you can tell somebody's a good player as a lineman, just because they just don't get beat. There's nothing to see. So yeah, I would love to see them figure out a way to just get him in the game, man. He's too. I feel like he's too valuable of a pick where they have him, where they had that pick to not give him a shot. So we'll see. We'll uh, we'll see. Adrian Phillips on the field all the time. He so he's been really good, man. He uh, so he broke up that two point conversion today. Last week he had this play where he was reading Baker Mayfield's eyes and like got in the throwing lane, and that's where he put his hand up and tipped the ball. But even when he's protected at linebacker, they haven't been, like, crazy, crazy gashed. Like, there was one play today where he was in the middle and he gave a, like, they gave a seven-yard run just because he got blocked by the lineman. But there's been times where he, like, he looks like an actual linebacker just coming downhill and beating somebody or just winning with speed and making a tackle. So, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they incorporate uh, Phillips in the off or in, on the defense moving forward here. So, one thing that I I didn't think that the defense did a good job of today was basically bringing pressuring Mariota. It was either man to man coverage that was too obvious, and they didn't get they didn't have a blitz design, so he was able to basically just throw at the corners, and it wasn't like a pressure either. The corners were playing soft coverage, and it was just easy pitch and catch. Or there was, like, these soft zones where one of them included Melvin Ingram dropping 20 yards, and that was on third and 10, and the Titans converted. When you do not have a pass rusher, you do not drop your pass rusher 20 yards down the field. That's what they did. They did a bunch of dumb stuff on defense today. Um, the their silver lining was that they were really good in the red zone, but other than that, oh man, the defense has some work to do. Good news is they get their best player back. Hopefully, they get Kaiser back as well. well another thing that I, I don't think that uh, I don't think we saw a lot of today was just Derwin blitzing. It seemed like Derwin was predominantly in coverage, and obviously he's a very really good in coverage. Though he did give up that. One play to Deion Lewis, but that happens, man. This is one play. I do think that they, they need to figure out how to keep him involved around the line of scrimmage. So, ooh-wee, that, uh, they just have a lot to work on on, on defense, and, and we've known that. That's not anything too surprising. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't take away the underneath. Uh, Nick, Nick Melton said they wouldn't take the underneath away. That's dumb. I don't understand that. So, the Titans have – so they have Corey Davis and nobody else, like probably literally nobody else. Don't even cover anybody else. But they were backing off. So if you want to – so Gus Bradley likes to do a lot of zone blitzes, which is great. So take away all that stuff underneath. Make Mariota beat you down the field. Don't give him these easy dump-offs or these these quick routes where he can stay in rhythm. Uh, that, I think – it might have been at halftime where he was like 14 of 18 at one point. That just tells you how easy the Chargers are making it on you because that's just not the type of quarterback he is. You, you want to make him throw the ball downfield and make those – his those receivers are really, really bad. The, tit- or the Titans, the Chargers did not make those receivers look really, really bad. One thing that I think Perriman really struggles at is when he's in coverage, he just sinks way too far. Like he just, if there's a running back that's like five yards, he'll be five yards further than him, and then he'll just close. But by that time, it's too late. Perriman is just not very good at what they call relating to the receiver. He just gets caught in no man's land. And it's uh, it's really frustrating to watch from a quote unquote coach's standpoint. Um, what do you guys think? If you were the Titans, would you have gone for it? At the end there, so you had the momentum. You just marched, marched thirteen plays, eighty nine drop, eighty nine yards. Would you have played for the extra point and played for overtime, or would you have gone for it? I actually think it was a really good idea to go for it. I don't think it was a really good idea to just be like a straight drop back, open up spread like that. I would have put the ball in Mariota's hands and let him run for it. Let him. Either give him like a run pass option or do a little shovel pass. That usually always works down the goal line. Just 
do something. But yeah, they uh, they didn't have much of a plan. And by the time, like, if Mariota's holding the ball in the red zone or in the goal line for more than three, four seconds, it was probably a bad play. So I don't know, man. It was uh, there. There was some a lot of good things from the Chargers on offense, though. I mean. I think Rivers uh, Rivers did a good job. Let me find out what Rivers finished up with. So 19 for 26. It, yeah, 26 attempts. That, that kind of gives you an idea of how well the Titans did of keeping the ball away from keeping the ball away from the Chargers. Last last game they had 13 drives against the Browns. This game they had eight drives. Or nine drives, sorry, and and one of those drives was right before half. So they they had eight actual drives, and oh shoot, that might be seven drives. You count um, when they nailed it out at the end of the game. So six fewer drives than last game. That's a that's a good job by the Titans, but not good enough. The Chargers won. That's what really matters. So with the bye week coming up, I think what what you want to see when they come out against Seattle. And I, we'll probably talk about this a little bit next week. What you want to see is continued aggressiveness. I thought towards the end of the game there, it didn't seem like the Chargers were that aggressive on offense. I think it could have done a better job of closing the door, like shutting the door, whether it was – it could have been like a, a little quick pass to Eckler out of the backfield. It could have been something to Keenan, which was working underneath, but – for whatever reason, they uh, they kind of played it close to the vest. That last drive, six plays, 16 yards before they punted it back to the Titans. It was a short pass to Eckler, minus one. Another short pass, but I don't feel I don't feel like those were um, well designed passes. And then obviously on third and eleven, you get the big conversion from Keenan, and then third and eight, you get back to third and eight again after. A run, run, which, again, not great. If you run, run, pass against any team in the NFL, not great. Especially if you have Phillip Rivers. There is, I am a firm believer in putting the ball in your best player's hands. And Rivers always seems to get them in the right position. So, yeah, man, uh, didn't happen. But luckily they got a stop at the end of the game. Five and two, that's what really matters. Uh, I feel like we're I feel like we're good here, boys. I don't I don't think there's much else to talk about here. Five and two, four wins in a row. I think if at the beginning of the season, no matter who they lost to, if you said at the bye week they're five and two without Hunter Henry, without Joey Bosa, uh, missing Melvin Gordon today, and and with all the injuries that they've had, and I don't really like talking about injuries just because you know every team has them. It's not like they're the only team battling injuries, but. They, they fought through it, they figured it out, and they won, man. That's four in a row. Seahawks on deck. It would be really good to just keep this rolling, man. Hopefully there's some adjustments on defense moving forward. I'm sure that 99 guy will be a big help. And I feel like just me saying that seems like I'm overstating his value, but I'm not, man. He's uh, he's the real deal, and I feel like we're going to find that out, find that out pretty soon here. I will say this. Okay, well, and we'll, we can talk about this actually next week, but how many sacks do you think Bosa ends up with over the season? I will say he comes out with five sacks in the second half of the season, and 
we pretty much see, yeah, he's really that good. And magically, with Bosa back, we see Casey Hayward get back to his old self with a better passing, uh, better pass rush. Trevor Williams is going to have to improve. Jalil Dye, ooh, buddy. He had a couple of missed tackles again today as well. So he's got to clean that up, man. And hopefully, hopefully, both is the answer. So thanks for sticking around, guys. It's Chargers win. That's what matters. Take care, guys. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations. Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.